Do you know how Air Force uniforms are developed? Have you heard of the Barry Amendment, otherwise known as 10 U.S.C. 2533A? And do you know how it impacts Department of Defense procurement of certain goods and services? Have you heard of the Air Force ideation platform? And did you know that you can be an intricate part of improving existing uniforms or developing future ones? Welcome back for another episode of the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center's Leadership Blog Podcast. We get answers to these questions and much more this week as we take a behind-the-scenes look at the Air Force Uniform Office, which is part of the Agile Combat Support Directorate and is located on Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. Tracy Roan is Chief of the Air Force Uniform Office. She and her staff of 19 industry professionals take care of the uniform needs of members of the Air Force and now members of the Space Force as well. As she put it during our discussion, the work that her team does day in and day out literally touches every airman and soon every Space Force member every day. If you want to see the uniforms that we talk about in this episode, check out the video version on our YouTube channel. There's a link to it in the show notes. Let's hear from Tracy. Today we're here in the uniform office to talk about all things uniform. We're joined with by Tracy Roan, who's the director of this office. Sam, could you just introduce yourself a little bit to our audience? Absolutely. Hello. Welcome. My name is Tracy Roan. I am the chief of the Air Force Uniform Office at Wright-Patterson. And our functions are to make sure that you have the best uniforms to help you accomplish your mission. My background is that in fashion design, I've held various positions in consumer products, juvenile products, footwear, apparel, and I've spent 10 years here at the uniform office. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. So uh, let's start at the top. Just kind of what is the mission of the uniform office and how do you go about your business? Do you, do you guys actually design uniforms here and then take them, contract them out for production or, or how exactly does that work? So this office is responsible for development and sustainment activities for uniforms, and that includes everything from design, continuous product improvement, um, handling any kind of engineering issues that might arise on the production end through DLA or AFI. We do a lot of uh, fabric development, shade um, approvals, a little bit of everything, um, all the things that most people have no idea go into uh, you know, designing and sustaining uniforms. Um, my staff is primarily industry, uh, you know, people who've had many, many years in the industry in either uh, design, pattern making, textile technology, and uh, we've got a small staff of 19 people that make it happen for everybody in the Air Force and now um, in the Space Force. So. That um, adage that uh, we, you know, touch every airman every day—that uh, is absolutely true for this office. It's amazing to have uh, such a small office with such a large footprint across the entire force. Uh, so, uh, what is the process for changing uniforms? Um, <clears throat> is there? I, I've heard of the uniform board. I don't know exactly how that how that is involved, but uh, but but when someone thinks that something needs to be updated or modified or changed. Um, how do they go about that? So there is an opportunity for airmen to submit concept ideas, and that has recently changed, um, and I'm going to read it so that I don't make a mistake here. Okay. Um, it was just published. It is now um, an ideation platform that um, is usaf.ideascalegov.com, and that allows airmen to go in, submit concepts for concerns about uniforms that will be um, racked and stacked for the uniform board. 
we are a advisor for the Uniform Board. We are not a voting member. So when all those concepts get put together, they'll be submitted to our office to evaluate for uh, whether they're feasible. Can they actually you know, be produced that way? Um, is there any issues? Because we do have um, a mandate. We, ha by law, have to follow what is called the uh, Berry Amendment. And that just means that everything that goes into a uniform has to exist in the United States. So that's everything from yarn state all the way through the last sewn you know, item. And right down to the wool that's used in the service dress, those sheep have to live in the U.S. So um, we'll take those kind of things into consideration. Uh, we'll also, you know, comment on whether it may be, you know, an expensive venture, whether there's any kind of inventory issues, you know, all the things that may affect whether that is um, adopted or not. And then the voting members will vote on that. Some of the other ways that we get requirements, um, we can have requirements direct from chiefs of staff. So whether it be the chief space officer or chief staff of the Air Force can um, assign us requirements for something that is, you know, needed. We also have um, a continuous product improvement. So our office does not get any formal requirements, but we are responsible for making sure that things, um, you know, also are continually updated, addressing any fit issues, any kind of uh, fabric issues that we can. And we've been doing a lot of that over the last five years. Uh, we've really been focused on service dress lately. Um, we also get requirements through um, an engineering option, which is a 339 that comes through DOA. If a manufacturer is having issues with something, they may come to us. And some of that may require a design change or it may require um, a change of fabrics. You know, this, the U.S. industry that we're required to use by law is a shrinking industry. Every year, more and more will go out of business. It becomes tougher and tougher. Recently, we've dealt with um, a couple of issues that have changed things. The uh, buttons that you see on the service dress shirts over there that have been on the shirt for you know decades mm -hmm. are no longer available in the United States. That particular button, there is n there is one remaining manufacturer who is up for sale and uh, planning to get out of the business. So, all the services are having to change their button type because of that one issue. Um, you know, we've run into a lot of different fabrics that are no longer available. So that those are the kind of things that might drive our requirements here. Mm -hmm. But, but feedback from the force is definitely something that, uh, that you guys are always looking for and seeking. Always. And it is probably our number one um, best uh, feedback that we can get for development. Obviously, the people wearing them are the ones that we need to make sure that we fit their needs. So we'll do, in our development process, we'll do a lot of early interaction. We uh, will put out uh, surveys, um, informal focus groups, those sort of things to gain information. Uh, we will then also, in our test phase, in our fit uh, phase, we'll bring in individuals, whether it be here at Wright's Hat or we'll go to various bases to do mm -hmm. testing. Um, at the end of that test, we'll make sure that they fill out a survey as well. Um, and then when we move to the wear test phase, we'll get actually the uniforms on individuals, give them the opportunity to wear them in the field, get the, you know, their feedback then. So um, that is the best way for us to be successful, is to make sure that we're getting the feedback positive or negative from mm -hmm. um, our, you know, uh, air crew along or airmen along the way to make sure that we're doing things because, um, you know, that's the only way we can be successful. Right, right. So let's talk about some of the, people can see that we've got uniforms here with us today. Uh, let's talk about some of these. Uh, we'll start with the, um, 
there, I, I saw there was a recent change for the mesh dress um, allowing slacks for females to wear now, and you had some information on that. Yes, yeah, so there has been a recent policy change. It has not um, yet worked its way down to the requirement for us to do development work, but any day now, I anticipate that. So right now, females have the opportunity to wear male uh, slacks and have them altered um, in the interim. And then long term, we will be developing a female-specific slack uh, to wear for a mesh dress. Instead of the long skirt that they've worn yes. previously. Yes, so they will have a choice which one they prefer to wear. So it'd be either either an either-or situation. Absolutely. Okay, all right, great. Um, I know PT uniforms are always a big topic for people, and we've got a couple of examples here. So talk to us a little bit about the PT uniform, if you would. So one of our most recent uh, development programs is a new, uh, what we're calling PT gear. And the goal here was to develop something for our airmen that was equal to, if not better, than high-performance athletic wear that is out there today. And so we did a lot of uh, fabric sourcing, trying to find, once again, the U.S. fabrics that met those um, antimicrobial, wicking, fast dry, uh, stretch, all those things that are important to you in a workout setting uh, or training setting. These are uh, the new t-shirts and shorts, and there actually are two sets of shorts with this um, uniform. We have not received final approval for chief of staff, so I don't know whether we'll go with both versions or we'll stay with one or whether they'll both be issued or one be issued and one optional. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a runner short, and because we had so many, it goes back to what you said about feedback, so many um, issues and concerns with the liner, the brief liner that is in the uh, current, we have um, done a more of a biker short or a compression. It's a, it's a light compression inner um, that provides, um, you know, for uh, some, um, you know, when you're doing PT with someone else right. that, that you right. don't have modesty. It just Support. gives you that yeah, modesty. Exactly, yes. Um, and it also um, just feels good. Um, the T-shirt is a really great new stretch fabric. And it has a built-in silver thread, which provides a natural um, antimicrobial. It um, has a new uh, reflective or logo design in the back. Okay. Um, we are also uh, testing whether we potentially could have an untucked version allowed or tucked. So uh, stay tuned for that decision. Um, this jacket and pants. Totally different silhouette that we have today. A much mm -hmm. more modern silhouette. Um, you know, looks like something you'd go and buy, you know, in retail today. Right. Um, it has <coughs> a different reflective design. Um, it has a chest pocket here, and um, there's some side, side pockets, pockets for security yeah. as well to keep mm -hmm. your uh, goods from uh, getting lost. But We've had great, great feedback on this so far. The testing, everyone that's worn it has really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, I know even General Bunch wore it for, uh, you know, running his uh, Air Force Marathon or whatever. That's and, right, yeah. And uh, liked it a lot. So we're really happy with this. Um, just can't wait to get it out there. Okay, great. Um, and we've also got some uh, maternity uniforms, maternity flight suits specifically. And there's been a lot of development in the maternity flight suit area recently. There has. So there's been a policy change there as well that um, 
eliminate some of the restrictions that were on uh, pregnant um, air crew that now they can fly with doctor's um, orders much farther into the pregnancy or through full term with no issue. So that really brought up the uh, fact that we didn't have anything currently. Um, you know, we they were typically buying uh, something a couple sizes up or wearing their spouses or, you know, whatever. So there's a three-phase approach with this. The first phase is what can we do to address this right now? And we're limited with that. Um, you know, getting a brand new development item out into the field, if we can do it um, in 12 months, that's a miracle. Um, mm -hmm. We can't do it in 12 months through DLA. So anything quick, we have to almost do um, Air Force as an initial production ourselves. But what we've done is we've taken the existing 27 Heath White suits, we're in our shop here, we're taking them apart at the side, and we're putting in uh, this uh, shape inset here okay. that allows for them to get some growth. Now it's not an ideal situation, um, it's, it's not meant to be a long-term uh, solution. When you are not to this uh, size that we've got the mannequin here, you do have a little bit of excess here, which obviously you see you need. Um, it's tough to redesign something existing and make it work, which is why we need to start from scratch. So right. phase two of this is a specifically designed one piece. And you'll see through some seaming in that, we're able to achieve that without adding any excess um, that's unattractive on the side for people who are in the early stages or whatever. So this gets us to where we need to be longer term, um, but it's going to take us a little bit longer to get there. The Air Force is going to do a uh, low rate initial production on this to accelerate this to field. That will start um, sometime in the spring okay. that we'll begin that and um, be getting that out. The phase three approach to this is, um, you'll see here on the right, it's the advanced air crew combat uniform. This is the two piece a flight suit that's being worn today, and today it's worn in a unisex version. Uh, the Air Force has taken the lead and have developed a female size um, unit here that will be worn specifically tailored for the female stature, but then that's for their anthropometrics. What we're going to do long term is we're hoping to be able to utilize that two-piece design for maternity. It requires a lot more development work. Um, Every flight suit has to go through a burn test to make sure that the individual um, is protected from flash flames or any other kind of um, fire that it may be. That requires um, putting it on a mannequin that's not too much unlike what these are on today, but has um, 150, 200 sensors throughout the body. And then it's set on plane and it registers how much burn there are on each part of that body. Mm -hmm. The way the planes are, they come up from the bottom. So our greatest issue here is we have to make sure that we work around this because in a position where this individual now has a uh, protruding uh, belly, that flash flame is going to come right up underneath. So we need to make sure that what we're going to be adding for an expansion panel here has some fire uh, retardant properties for protection. We also have to find a way to... Um, actually adhere or connect the top piece to the bottom. So it's a little bit more difficult of a uh, design process. So that's why that will be the phase three um, for that maternity. Okay, all right. Great. Um, I did just want to, real quick, on the female fitment before we go yes. forward. 
the PT, this will be the first time that we have actually will be introducing a female size uniform. So mm -hmm. we will have something specific to fit females that in the t-shirt uh, will fit them a lot better. It is a fitted shirt. Mm -hmm. The length of the shorts will be much more, um, you know, uh, designed for a length of, of a, a female versus a male. Right. Okay. Uh, and so we, we also wanted to talk about Space Force uniforms because you guys have some uh, some input with that as well. Yes, yeah, so we will be assuming all um, design, development, sustainment activities for Space Force just like we do for Air Force. We have been working with the leadership to start coming up with concepts. We've submitted over 100 service dress uh, concepts to mm -hmm. date. They are actually very interested in the new uh, PT, so we've been working on variations of that for them, and hopefully we'll be getting somewhere very soon here. Sounds great. So we appreciate your time today. Is there anything else that you've got in development that you'd like to share with us or, or anything else that you want to mention? So this are our biggest things. We are continually working. One of the next things that we're working on um, internally, a continuous improvement project, is service dress skirts. And then um, our next plan is to work the maternity service dress. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we would be interested in our uh, airmen to be putting out, you know, ideas, requests that might fit, you know, for either one of those items. And then I would really encourage everyone to make sure they submit their, their ideas or contact us. I mean, if you're there local here to write Pat, mm -hmm. we are open for tours. Uh, you know, most people... You know, we live in an age where everything is uh, very immediate. You get online tonight, and you may have, you know, a uniform or, in this case, <coughs> a new outfit in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, military uniforms are a lot different, and there's a couple reasons for that. First is that um, requirement for bearing men. Everything mm -hmm. has to be done here. But there's a couple other things. You know, we want to make sure that we pass all the appropriate testing. The same way we talked about the fire testing here. All of our fabrics go through a substantial amount of testing so that we make sure that it lasts, it's long-lasting, that you're not having to replace a uniform two or three years in like you might have to, you know, something you buy off the shelf that you wear. We also want to make sure that that color is consistent, that the person that gets their issued today at basic training, information is going to match the individual who got that same coat 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that takes an awful lot of work with the manufacturers, a lot of making sure that it lasts, the weather, washing, dry cleaning, light. Um, and then there's also other testing. We want to make sure that if it's something, particularly from a safety standpoint, you're flying in or whatever, that we make sure there's no snag hazards, that you know all the zippers and everything are going to work. So there's that piece. That that all takes a lot more time um, than in a commercial market. And then our partners, our DLA um, acquisitions and our APES um, partners, it, it takes them a little bit longer. The government contracting system, as mm -hmm. most know, takes a lot longer. So um, while it sometimes seems to people that, uh, you know, two years to get a new uniform out is, is a long stretch. And, and, and I agree, if you didn't know, understand, it's important to know that we're doing all those things to make sure that in the long run they have the best uniforms um, to fit their mission. All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us today and uh, helping to educate our, our viewers about that. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center's Leadership Blog Podcast. We hope you enjoy getting to know a little bit about the Air Force Uniform Office and the work that they do to ensure the mission success of our airmen. If you're interested in being part of the uniform improvement process, you can visit the USAF ideation platform at usaf.ideascalegov.com. If you haven't already done so, then please consider subscribing to this series and don't forget to follow and like us on our social media platforms. You can also see a video version of this and all of our episodes on our YouTube channel. For more information on all things Air Force Lifecycle Management Center related, please visit and bookmark our website at www.aflcmc.af.mil. If you have an idea for a future episode on a topic that would interest the Lifecycle Management Center family, shoot us an email at aflcmc.pa.mediateam at us.af.mil. Until next time, stay strong, stay safe, and keep providing what warfighters need when they need it.